Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. Glad you're here today. This is a special day for uh, for two families that are dedicating their children to the Lord today. And so if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn to 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 27 and 28. I'm not going to read the entire text here uh, that's around this thought and this process or this scripture. But I want to talk to you today about simply giving your children back to God. And we've had... Um, I think already this year we've had two, maybe this, maybe the third. I can't really remember exactly. I know back in May uh, we had a baby dedication. and uh, But I tell you, as, as families still keep coming and they bring those little ones and they realize the need, we'll just keep scheduling baby dedications and baby dedications and what an exciting way to, to grow and build a church. But I've shared a lot on families and children, the responsibilities of mom and dad. Uh, but I hope and pray specifically for these two families that, that you'll get out of this what God wants you to have, but also for the entire church family, uh, because this is relative to all of us. It, it hits every single one of us. It's scripture. It's the truth of God's word. So regardless of where you are in your parenting level, uh, regardless of how old your children are, all of these are principles that we can still apply to our life in parenting and raising our children, okay? Uh, we are going to have, at the close of my message, a little dedication ceremony, so uh, get your cameras ready for that. I know you want to get a picture of those babies uh, when they come up here. Uh, but anyway, First Samuel chapter 1, verse 27 I want to pray, and then I want to get into that passage of Scripture briefly, uh, and then just talk to you a little bit about giving our children back to God today, okay? So let's pray. Father, uh, thank you so much for our time together today, and uh, Lord, we could leave right now and say it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. We've had wonderful fellowship. Uh, we've had wonderful worship. Uh, we've experienced your presence in such a powerful way, and, uh, and Father, we thank you for that. But God, I believe if we left without hearing what thus saith the, the Lord from the word of God, that we would leave somewhat empty. And so I pray today that you would speak to our hearts and speak to our lives and open up the script, scripture. May the Holy Spirit illuminate uh, the word of God, give us understanding, help us to grow thereby. And Father, our prayer is the same as Martin Luther prayed many, many years ago. When he prayed that the Spirit of God would take the Word of God and make us all more like the Son of God. And Lord, that's our prayer. That's called sanctification. And God, I realize that happens at different rates for different individuals. But God, we all should be in the process of becoming more and more like Christ every single day of our life. And our prayer is, God, that you would speak to us today. Uh, we ask your blessings on this service. We pray, God, you meet with us, meet with these families Give us leadership and guidance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 27 and verse 28. Now, like I said, I'm not going to read this entire passage, but this is the passage where Hannah was without child, if you remember. She was praying that God would give her a child. God gave her a child. And then she took that child to the, to the temple and gave him to Eli the priest, and she left him there. Now, let, let me call time out right there. Uh, you're not going to leave your kids here today, okay? 
you're, you're going to take them home. I'm not going to stay here and take care of them all the time. But uh, in an act of worship, she came and she dedicated that child back to the Lord. And that's what's taking place here today. So I want to read these two verses of Scripture. It says in verse number 27, she says, and this is Hannah's prayer, and she says, I prayed for this boy, and since the Lord gave me what I asked him for, I now give the boy to the Lord. For as long as he lives, he is given to the Lord And then he bowed in worship to the Lord there. So here we see that Hannah, in an act of worship, is giving her child back to the Lord. So I want to ask you a question this morning. Have you ever given your children back to God? I see the light bulb go on in some of you guys' mind. You said, I didn't know I could. I didn't know God had a customer service counter and I could give my kids back. We've all been to that point as parents, right? Hello? Are you with me? We've all been there. We're like, God, if you could just take these kids back, take them back, right? Come on, guys, loosen up a little bit. I know you've had that thought at least a time or two. But we're not going to give them back in in that sense of the word. I'm really asking you this. Have you ever come to the place where you recognize that your children are a precious gift to you from the Lord? I'm asking you, have you ever really come to the place where you've released ownership? I think I have a slide for this. Where you've released ownership of your children to the Lord? I'm asking you, have you ever come to the place where you realize that God has left it up to you to show them His way? Whenever I'm talking about giving our children back to the Lord, I'm talking about in the sense that, that, God, we are recognizing these children are a gift to you. We are releasing ownership of our children back to you, right? By the way, in our stewardship series, whenever we preach and teach on stewardship, and by the way, to be a steward just means to be a manager. Do you realize that you are only a steward of your children? You're a manager of your children. They really belong to God. There's four words that we learn every time we do a stewardship series. And I hope and pray you haven't forgotten this. So I want you to repeat it back to me. What are the four words that we learn in our stewardship time whenever we're studying that we are just managers? We learn that God owns it all! Exclamation point. Okay? God owns everything, even the children that he places in our possession. They are his. And so we have to come to the place where we release ownership of our children back to the Lord. You see, because I would rather my children be in the will of God and live halfway around the world than I would rather my children be out of the will of God and live next door. Are you with me, church? And what that does, that's releasing that ownership. God, these children are yours. Help me to raise them in the way that you would have them to go. Help me to teach them about you. Help me to live my life as an example of what a Christ follower and a Christian, how we're supposed to live our life. Let them see Jesus in me. Let them see me be in the hands and feet of our Lord. Help me to teach them your ways. You see, those are the responsibilities that we have as parents raising our Children, And then we've got to realize that God's left it up to us to show them the way. Real quickly, by way of illustration, there's really several biblical examples of this. The first is Hannah that I've drawn your attention to. She gave her son Samuel back to the Lord in an act of worship. But do you realize also that Mary and Joseph did the same? 
In Luke chapter number 2, you'll find where Mary and Joseph took Jesus after he was circumcised. And on the eighth day, they took him to the temple and they worshipped there. And that was, uh, that was an act of giving. I realize he was God in the flesh. I realize that's Jesus, the Son of God. But Mary and Joseph is a great example of giving their children, giving their son, Jesus, back to the Lord. But also a third illustration, what I want to give you, and here's where I want to park today. I want to talk to you a little bit about Abraham. Because Abraham is a wonderful example of a father surrendering his child back to the Lord. And that's where I want us to park a little bit today. And we're going to be in Genesis chapter number 22. So if you have your Bibles turned there, if you're following on your digital pads and you're logged in to the Wi-Fi here, and if you're in Logos Bible software app, there will be some, see the little icon there at the bottom? It's a signal that sends it out to you. You push it, it takes you straight to this passage of Scripture. In Genesis chapter number 22. Okay? But here I want to read to you these 13 verses. And so if you will, give me a little time to read this and just kind of frame the message around this story of what Abraham is doing with his son Isaac. In Genesis chapter 22, in verse number 1, it says, And later on God tested Abraham's faith and obedience. Everyone say test. You realize that we all are put to a test from time to time? Do you realize God will come along sometimes and test our faith, test our obedience? And here's what he was doing with Abraham. And later on, God tested Abraham's faith and obedience. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, in verse 2, your only son. Yes, Isaac, whom you love so much. And go to the land of Moriah and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will point out to you. What a message he is getting from the Lord. Take your son, he emphasizes your only son, to a location, to a mountain that I'm going to reveal to you. And I want you to sacrifice him there. And the next morning, Abraham got up early. Verse number three, saddled up his donkey, took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac, and then he chopped wood to, be, to build a fire for a burnt offering, and he sat out for the place where God had told him to go. Wow. What an act of obedience. And this is one of our patriarchs. This is one of our Old Testament fathers, if you will. And we see that Abraham got this message from the Lord, and he got up the next day in obedience and went out and did exactly what the Lord had told him to do. Verse 4. On the third day of the journey, Abraham saw the place in the distance. And stay here with the donkey. And Abraham told the young men, And the boy and I will travel a little farther. And we will worship there. And then we will come right back. I like that. And don't miss it. Uh, There's a little something taking place in that particular verse. Because he says, Who will come right back? Who's going? Who's going? Abraham and Isaac, right? What's he going to do? Offer his son up as a sacrifice and a burnt offering. But I believe Abraham's already exhibiting his faith in God because he says, Servants, stay right here. We are going to go a little further. We're going to take the wood. We're going to take the fire. I know what I'm supposed to sacrifice. But I've got faith that God will provide the sacrifice. Therefore, we will return. I love that. You'll miss that if you don't pay attention. Verse number 6. And Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders, and while he himself carried the knife and the fire, and as the two of them went together, Isaac said, Father, (laughs) yes, my son, Abraham replied, 
We have the wood and we have the fire, said the boy. But where is the lamb for the sacrifice? This reveals several things to us. Number one, you can't fool a child. Right? I mean, kids can see right through everything. I mean, it did take him long to figure out, hey, we're going a little bit farther here and we've got the wood and we've got the fire and dad, I thought we were going to sacrifice. If so, where is the lamb for the sacrifice? I love verse number eight. Abraham replied, I don't know. No, that's not what he said, right? Abraham replied, serving God's a hard thing. I've got to kill you. No, right? Listen, I've been in ministry long enough, 25 years plus I've been pastoring churches, and I've seen some whining Christians in my life. Well, God just expects too much of me. Woe is me. You ought to just tag Eeyore over their name, right? Are you with me? You don't see Abraham doing that. What's he saying in verse number 8? God will provide God will provide a lamb, my son, Abraham answered. And they both went on together. In verse number 9, when they arrived at the place where God had told Abraham to go, he built an altar and he placed the wood on it. And then he, get this, then he tied Isaac up and he laid him on the altar over the wood. And Abraham took the knife and he lifted it up to kill his son as a sacrifice to the Lord. Can you imagine what must have been going through Abraham's mind at the time? Uh, That's hard for me to comprehend. Can you imagine laying your only son? I love my boy and I love my daughter. And I'm not real sure. I'll be honest with you. I'm not real sure I could do that. But here Abraham laid his son Isaac, tied him to the wood there. Lifted up his knife to kill him as the sacrifice. Can you imagine what must have been going through Isaac's mind at the time? None of this is my message, but I can't help but think about that whenever I read this. But verse number 11. At that moment. What moment? What moment? After. After Abraham got up the next day and followed where God was leading him, after Abraham was such in tune with the Lord that he went to the very location that he was offer up Isaac, his son, after he followed in complete obedience to the will and the plan of God and the command of God and tied up his son and laid him on the altar, after God saw that he was going to carry out exactly what God told him to do, he lifted up the knife at that moment, right there, is when God intervened. Now, here's what I know about God, and here's, it's illustrated here. Our God is seldom early, but he's never late. Everybody say never. Our God is seldom early, but he's never late. Why? Because it's a test. You remember early in the passage, it's a test. And God is going to test you from time to time. This isn't even my message. I'm just giving you, this isn't costing you anything. I'm trying to get to my message, okay? But God's going to test you from time to time. And it may be to the point where it's going to be so painful and it's going to hurt and you're going to have to give up everything. And God shows up. You ever experienced that? Well, I've experienced some moments like, maybe not to that extreme, but I've experienced some moments like that in my life. 
Where I look around in the situation and circumstances I find myself in. And I think, God, where are you? I'm trying to live for you. I'm trying to be obedient to you. I'm trying to follow your will for my life. And, oh, there he is. Right on time. I love that phrase in verse 11. At that moment, the angel of the Lord shouted to him from heaven, Abraham and Abraham. Yes, he answered, I'm listening. Verse 12. Lay down the knife, the angel said, and do not hurt the boy in any way. For now I know, get this, for now I know that you truly fear God and you have not withheld even your beloved son from me. Then Abraham looked up and he saw, what did he see? A ram. He saw the sacrifice. He saw this ram caught by its horn in the thicket. And so he took the ram and he sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. And they both go back down rejoicing. And there's a whole other message tied to that that I'm not going to get into. But the point is, I want you to see, here is a father who gave his son Isaac back to the Lord in an act of obedience. He literally, totally, irrevocably gave Isaac back to God. And I realize that probably had to be one of the most painful, one of the hardest things that Abraham had ever done in his life. Why? Because Abraham loved Isaac. He said, take your son, yes, Isaac, in verse number 2, whom you love so much. What an amazing story that is, and I'm overwhelmed every time I read it. Do you realize that the best thing that Abraham ever did for Isaac was to tie him up, lay him on that altar, and surrender him back to God? What would have happened? What would have happened if Abraham would have refused to do that? Have you ever thought about that? What would have happened if Abraham would have refused to be obedient to God's command? Well, I don't know. I really don't know. I could speculate, but the Bible doesn't tell us what would have happened if he didn't. But I don't really know what would have happened. But I can only imagine that Abraham would have missed the blessings. But not only Abraham, Isaac would have missed the blessings that God had for them, would have missed the promises that God had for them, would have missed the plan that God had for them. And I said all that to say this. Guys, if we're not obedient to God in parenting our children then not only are we as parents going to miss the blessing and the plan and the promises that God has for our life, but it's going to have a profound impact on our children as well and on their children as well. And we see the blessing came to Abraham that God blessed him and his lineage and his offspring and his family so far that, that you can't even count the, the, the family members. It was like counting the stars in the sky or the sand on the sea, the Scripture says. There's no way you could count it. And that's how God blessed him for being simply obedient and bringing his son back to the Lord and dedicating him there. Therefore, I want to share with you four elements of giving our children back to the Lord. Okay? Now, this should apply to all of us because every single one of us should be doing this as we're parenting our children. I think there are four elements of giving our child back to the Lord. Number one is this one. I want you to jot this down. It's confirming. Number one, when we give our child back to God, it is confirming our love for God. What was Abraham doing whenever he laid Isaac on the altar there? It was a confirmation of his love for God. And whenever we give our children back to the Lord, it's simply confirming that we love God more than we love our children. Now hold on. 
It's saying that we love God more than we love our children. Now, guys, realize, I know my children is the most prized possession that I have. Seriously. You want to get on my bad side? You mess with my kids. Hello? You say, well, I thought you was a preacher. Hey, I'm human. I'm a daddy. Mess with my kids. Are you with me? That's my most prized possession. And by the way, I hope you would feel the same way. Hello? It's our most prized possession that we have. But listen, the love that we have for our children should never, ever, ever compete with the love that we have for our God. Are you with me, church? The love we have for our children should never compete with the love that we have for our God. Therefore, we cannot allow our children to take the place of God. We cannot worship our children in place of God. We cannot put our children or their needs or their future in place of serving and worshiping our God. Are you with me? So whenever we give our children back to the Lord, as Abraham did here with Isaac, it's just simply confirming our love to God. And this is exactly what Abraham proved. He demonstrated his love. He also demonstrated his fear of God. I think if there's one thing that's missing in our culture today, in our society today, it's a fear of God. Hello? Now, I fear him. Understand, it is a reverential fear that I have of God. I, I don't fear him like I would be in fear if someone were to intrude my house and, and threaten me. It's not that I'm afraid because a lot of times that's, that's the attitude and the mindset that we get of God. We're just so afraid of him that we, we really don't want to hear from him or see him or whatever. That's not the type of fear I'm, I'm trying to relate here. The fear that I have of God is because I, I love him so much And he has done so much for me, and he is all-powerful, right? Just one command, and he can take care of anything and everything. Because of this tremendous reverence I have for him, I fear him. And the fear I have for him, by the way, and if you want to read some uh, good passages of Scripture, I believe it's Deuteronomy chapter 28. Go there and read what happens when we obey and what happens when we disobey. And, and, and you can see some of the differences that take place there. Now, there's a fear that I have of God. I fear Him. I want to respect Him. I want to honor Him. There's a lot of Christians today that just have lost their fear of God. And God only knows our culture, our society has completely lost their fear of God. Whenever you look around, you see all that's taking place in our world today. But Abraham demonstrated that he loved God. By giving Isaac back and offering him up as a sacrifice. He demonstrated that he had this fear of God. And he also demonstrated that God was the supreme being in his life. Not his family. Not his son. And when you go back and you unpack the story of Abraham, you know this is a miracle that this son is even born. But yet, he feared and he loved God. Listen to what Jesus said along those same lines in Matthew chapter number 10 and verse 37. He says, if you love your father or your mother more than you love me, you're not worthy of being mine. And he goes on and he says, if you love your son or your daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. 
And what Jesus is saying, he's saying, he's, he's not saying that you cannot love your mother or your father. He's not saying you cannot love your children. What he's saying is you can't put them in my spot. You must love me more than you love them. And whenever we give our children back to the Lord, that's exactly what we are proclaiming. We are confirming our love for God. Let me give you number two. Go ahead and throw that up there if you will, please. Not only giving your child to God is confirming your love for God, but number two, giving your child to God is a clarification of ownership. You see, because we realize that our children are a gift from God. He owns it all. And He's gifted us with the privilege of being a parent. And we realize that that the children that we have, that they really do not belong to us, that they ultimately belong to the Lord. Our children belong to God. They are His. And what a tremendous responsibility we have to raise our children in the ways of the Lord. Can I get off and get on a soapbox over here? I've talked with parents. Remember, I've been pastoring a church for 25 plus years, okay? And been involved in ministry that long. And I've ran across a lot of different parents of children with a lot of different philosophies. And I've had parents tell me, well, preacher, I'm not going to push my kids toward Jesus. I'm going to let them find their own way. I'm not going to push my kids into church. I'm not going to make them come. They don't want to get up on Sunday. They'd rather go fishing with dad. What, what kid would not rather go fishing with dad than go to church on Sunday? Come on now, you know that's true. If you give them that choice, if I was to wake up on Sunday morning and I wasn't a pastor, of course, and I'm just a church member, and I wake up and I say, hey, Tyler, you want to go fishing today instead of going to church? Let's just skip today. Well, yeah, if I gave him that decision when he was a little boy. So therefore, preacher, I'm not going to push Jesus on my kids. I'm not going to push church on my kids. I'm just going to let them discover their own way. That is foolish. Let me ask you this. Come Monday morning, school's going to start back here real soon. When does O'Fallon start back, Miss Terry? August the 11th. Kids have to go to school August the 11th. When's Mosquito start back? August what? August 13th. Okay, parents, if you have kids in the Mascuda School District, if you have kids in the O'Fallon School District, August 11th, August 13th, what about Lebanon? Well, I know we got some families living in Lebanon. When do they go back to school? What about New Baden? When do they go back to school? All right, parents, you've got to find that stuff out. <laughs> you've got to know that. All right? <laughs> August the 11th in O'Fallon, August 13th in Mascuda. You go down to your kids and say, well, got to go to school today. Well, I don't want to go to school today. Oh, as a parent, that's okay. You'll discover sooner or later you need to go to school. I'll let you find your own way to school. Okay, see ya. I'm going to work. You decide if you want to go to school or not. Do we do that with our education? No. We get a belt if we have to. We run them out of bed. We get them dressed. We run them out to the school bus and get them on the school bus so they can get to school. Why? Because we, have, we know there's value in getting what? An education. Let me tell you something, honey. There's far more value in the soul of your child than the value of an education. And if you're running them out of bed to get them to school because you value an education, 
You better be sure you're running them out of bed to get to church. Matter of fact, you better be bringing them to church. I don't care if they're kicking and screaming. It doesn't matter. We'll throw them over there in the kids' church and they can figure it out, right? (laughs) Hello? You bring them. You get them here. Why? Because it's of value. I'm just kidding about that part. Now I'm going to have nobody sign up for children's church ministry, right? Listen, there's value. What's it value? What's at stake? Their soul. Heaven or hell. So therefore, I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't really know how I got off on that. Our clarification of ownership. Children are a gift of the Lord. We better be, here's where I was going with all that. We better be careful how we treat and care for God's property. Because he has entrusted us to raise them in his ways. Are you with me? He has entrusted us to raise them in his ways. Uh, and by the way, whose responsibility is it to raise these children in the way of the Lord? It's mom and dad's. Now I know there's been a big push over the years. And there are politicians who says, oh, it takes a village. I didn't depend on no village to raise my kids. I realize I got a kid, I better step up and parent this kid. I realize I got a kid, things got to change in my life. I'm now a daddy. Are you with me, church? The responsibility is mine to raise. I'm not depending on the government or the state or somebody else to raise my kids. That's called socialism. Uh, Don't get me off on politics, okay? It's my responsibility I have a God-given responsibility to raise my children in the fear and in the admonition of the Lord, to teach them the ways of God, to train them up in the way that He would have each one of my children to go, to help my children discern and know God's will for their life, to lead my children to the Lord in a personal relationship. And I was privileged to lead both of my children to the Lord. I prayed the sinner's prayer with them. I taught them about Jesus. I shouldn't say I, we taught them about Jesus. We sang the Bible songs with them. We brought them to church when they were little. They came to the age where they were asking questions. If I die in my sins, will I go to hell? The answer was yes. Well, Daddy, I need to get saved. Yes. Hello? (laughs) And we were able to lead them to the Lord. And I tell you, one one of the greatest joys of my life today is to know that my two children are walking in the ways of the Lord. And one of the greatest joys of my life today is to stand right over there and watch my son stand right here and lead this congregation in worship. It's one of the greatest joys. Let me tell you, this is celebration time here. But back through those years, there were battles that we had to fight. There were lines we had to draw in the sand. There were principles we had to put in the place. There were times we said, no, you're not going to do that. No, you're not going to go there. No, you're not going to dress that way. No, you're not going to talk like that. And there were consequences when they did. Why? Because we knew, just as you know, it's important that we raise them in the nurture and in the admonition of the Lord. Dad's. You cannot check out. Dads, listen to me. 
And I, I guess I preach harder to dads. My Mother's Day messages are so flower, flowery and so soft and so full of love. My Father's Day messages are hard. <laughs> and I, I apologize for that. But guys can take it a little bit harder than I guess gals can. But dads, you can't check out. You've got to be engaged in raising that child. It's as much your responsibility. I'm talking to all the dads now. It's as much your responsibility to be engaged in raising that child as it is the mother. You both have to be responsible there and, and take ownership, okay? So we're realizing that giving our child to God is a clarification of ownership. Number three, let me go to this one. Giving our child to God is a commitment. I've already kind of jumped on this one already. But giving our child is a commitment to raise that child in the ways of the Lord. The verse I've been quoting and alluding to here is Ephesians chapter 6. You need to jot that one down. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 4. And it says, And now a word to you fathers. Don't bring your children angry by, or don't make your children angry by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up in the discipline and the instruction approved by the Lord. Now, at the end of the, my message here, we're going to have a, a ceremony. But you know what? This, it's not about just having a ceremony. This ceremony is about making a commitment. And the commitment that we're going to make is that we are raising our children in the ways of the Lord. The commitment that we're going to make is that I'm going to commit that my children will see Jesus in me. The commitment that I'm going to make is that I am going to be a godly parent. The commitment I'm going to make is that I am going to teach my children about Christ the Lord. The commitment that I'm going to make is that I'm going to keep my children in church and I'm going to bring them to church myself. The commitment that I'm going to make is that I am going to love my children. The commitment I'm going to make is that I'm going to pray for my children. Get this one. The commitment that I'm going to make is that I'm going to stay married to my wife. Regardless. What happens? Are you with me, church? We live in a culture today that's not big on commitment anymore. Oh, we'll stay together as long as everything's okay. No, you stay together. You say, well, I don't love her anymore. Well, choose to. Come on, you can smile. Well, I kind of fell out of love. No, you didn't. You chose not to love. Love is a choice. I don't believe in falling in love, nor do I believe in falling out of it. Folks knock on my door and say, hey, we need to talk to you. We need some marriage counseling. And they'll sit around my table in my office and say, we've just fallen out of love. And I sit back and I chuckle. I say, no, you didn't. You just chose not to love her anymore. Hello? Love is a choice. God's commanded us to love. Right? He, get, get this. He will never command you to do anything that you cannot will to do. Right? So if he commands you to love your wife, then love her. He can give you the will to do it. So we're going to make a commitment that we're going to stay married for the child's sake. We're going to make a commitment that we're going to make our home a holy place. We're going to make a commitment that we're going to make our home a happy place. We're going to make a commitment that we're going to make our home a Christ-centered home. Right? A commitment that we're going to live a righteous life. Uh, Here in just a moment, we're going to have the baby dedication ceremony, but... Let me just say to the two families that will be coming up here, this little ceremony we're going to have, completely meaningless unless you have made a commitment to the Lord already that you're going to raise those children in His ways all the rest of the days of your life. Amen? Come on, everybody, give, give the Lord a praise offering or something right there. Let these families know you're behind them.
I love Joshua in Joshua chapter 24, and I don't have time to even unpack this, but I love when he stood up before his people and he made a declaration. He said, okay, guys, you choose this day who you're going to serve. Whether it's the God on the other side of the Euphrates or these gods over here, the land that we're getting ready to possess or we're possessing, but you're going to make a choice on who you're going to serve. Then he said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I love that. There need to be some daddies today. This is for all of us, not just the two that are coming up here. This is for all of us. There need to be some daddies today to say, you know what? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You say, well, preacher, listen, I'm here and I'm married, but I don't have any kids, so apparently you're not talking to me. No, 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 I am talking to you. Even if you don't have any kids right now, you need to make a decision that right now, me and my house, which is now you and your bride, we are going to serve the Lord and live out your life like that, right? That's the commitment that we're making. Let me give you number four, and I'm going to be done. Giving your child to God is not only confirming your love to him. It's not only a clarification of ownership. It's not only a commitment that we're making that we're going to raise our children in the ways of the Lord. But number four, and I'm done with this one. Giving your child to God is claiming God's plan and promises for that child's life. In Genesis chapter number 22, 15 through 18, in verse number 16 it says, This is what the Lord says, Because you have obeyed me, the angel of the Lord came to Abraham and said, Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your beloved son, I swear by my own self that I will bless you richly, I will multiply your descendants into countless millions like the stars of the sky and the sand of the sea. They will conquer their enemies and through your descendants all the nations of the earth will be blessed all because you have obeyed me. There's consequences on whether we obey or disobey. And whenever we are being obedient to the Lord, what we're doing is claiming God's plan and promises for those children. Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he would not depart from it. So here's the summary, and I'm done. Here's the conclusion. The summary of everything I've said today is this. We're making a confirmation of our supreme love for Christ. Whenever we give our children back to the Lord, we're confirming our love to God. Number two, we're making clarification of ownership. We're making a commitment, number three, that we're going to raise these children in the ways of the Lord. And then number four, we're just simply claiming God's plan and his promises for our life and our children. And I promise you, if you go with God, you are not going wrong. Amen? He's a faithful God. He's been there. He'll be there for us. And I don't know of a better way to go. I don't know of any other way to go than walking in his ways. So let me pray with you. As these parents, if you will, please bring your children and come on up on the platform, if you will, please, and stand right here. While they're coming, let me pray. Father, thank you so much for your word and thank you for the examples of Hannah. Thank you for the example of Mary and Joseph. Thank you for the example of Abraham in being obedient, doing one of the most difficult things I'm sure he ever had to do as a dad. And Father, right now we just pray that you would speak to all of our hearts not just the families that are here on the platform today, but God, you'd speak to all of us and help us to go back with a renewed commitment that we're going to raise our families in the ways of the Lord. That we're going to show you that we love you by doing that. That We're going to understand the ownership are yours. These children are yours. And we're going to commit to raising them in the ways of the Lord. And then we're going to sit back and we're just going to bask in 
in your blessings in our life for being obedient to you. And Father, they're so wonderful. And Father, I pray that each and every one of us would surrender ourselves to you today. And dear God, if there's one here today that does not know you as their personal Savior, right now I pray that that individual would call out to you and say, God, today I give you my life. May they pray a prayer quietly and sincerely in their heart right now and in their spirit. Just say, God, I realize that you gave your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. I believe he died there. I believe he was buried. I believe he rose again the third day. And I believe he's ascended back to the Father. And right now, I pray you forgive me of my sins and you come into my heart and into my life and you be my Savior. Lord, I trust you today to be my Savior and my God. Forgive me as I confess my sins and shortcomings to you. Cleanse me with the blood that flows from Calvary. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.